Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, hi, I'm Simon Byron. How are you, Steve? I am good, thank you, Simon. Uh, the clocks have gone spring forward, fall back, forward. The clocks have gone forward. Uh, it's light outside where I am in South London and everything feels a bit different. What about where you are in your shed yeah, I can see the garden now, and um, yeah, so the security lights won't be turning themselves on until we finish, but it's it's different, isn't it? The mood's changed, I think. Mm, it's you get true. That? I mean, f- feel, you know, um, the, the country's going to be able to enjoy some more freedoms from tomorrow. That's right. Uh, we can drink in gardens. Mm. And I can see your garden behind you right now. Uh, it's going to be full of drinkers the- tomorrow. <laughs> No more than five, Simon. No more than five. Exactly. In addition so, to you. Uh, yeah, so it, it all feels, everything feels quite hopeful at the moment. I've had a very, very uh, nice, pleasant week seeing um, seeing friends. Say that. Uh, a friend in my bubble. Perfectly legal. Okay. Perfectly right. legal. Did uh, you bump into any listeners? Didn't bump into any listeners uh, this week. Did bump into a couple of friends who know better than to listen to us. <laughs> uh, and saw uh, saw a load of my friends on Zoom last night, which we were just talking about. I, you know, it's been a year of Zoom parties, hasn't it? And they've been different and enjoyable in their own way, but I'm kind of done with them now. Yeah, well, so do you think that that's going to be the last one? I don't want to say the last, but I think uh, it's probably going to be the last major one, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, so... Um, what a way a good to week. end it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, out on a high. Happy birthday, Jude. Um, yeah, well, I'm glad that we that we very quickly dropped the quizzes. You know, I, mm. I, I now... Yeah, it's been months since I was uh, put in a general knowledge quiz situation with my parents, which I've, you know, prior to lockdown, I don't think I've ever done. Mm, yeah, I, I wonder whether any of those sort of habits that we've developed over the last year are going to uh, persist into the new future, whatever that means, this this at least initially hybrid lockdown and freedom thing, but hopefully back to normal in the near future. I don't know. Is there anything you would like to carry forward from the last year? Well, <laughs> yeah, I, it's just been nice getting some time either side of the day. So I don't know, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? I sort of miss mm. having a commute because that's time. That's that's me time, Steve. You know, I can just <laughs> stick my headphones in and play on my Switch and listen to a podcast. I don't get that now walking to and from the house. Mm. Um, but it is nice. It is nice to get home from work at six o'clock mm. as opposed to being at the whims of the uh, rail companies. I was chatting to uh, someone about this the other day. Uh, for a very long time, I've worked from home, um, like a, a lot longer than COVID. And, and when you say that you work from home, a lot of people are like, oh, I, do you? 
I know what you mean by that, you know. Lucky you. And then over the last year, we've seen people sort of... Uh, everyone's had to work from home and people have enjoyed those, you know, uh, some of that and very much not enjoyed the other parts of it. The uh, the part that where you're, you know, it's not just that your your home is your workplace. It is that your workplace is your home. It's 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 both of those things. Uh, and I wonder whether um, whether some of those things are going to persist, whether people have now had their eyes open that it isn't all rosy working from home or whether they're still going to roll their eyes at me and my lucky carefree working from my bed lifestyle right well it, it would have been busy at your office then during lockdown wouldn't it but busier than normal it's still <laughs> it's 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 still a, a lifestyle with its ups and downs anyway enough. Right, we've, we've got a busy busy we show do. this evening steve would you believe we've got a super special guest i Literally did not believe that when you emailed me. Um, I'm a little confused, Simon, because it sounds like you. we've got a guest next week as well. Yep, it's, it's looking like we do. Or next show. I'm not sure if we've got a show next week. So ah. uh, so uh, hopefully the next time, on the, on the next episode, we'll have a super, super special guest. Unbelievable. Um, so we've been building up all of our SSG credit for the next couple of shows. So that's super, super exciting. I don't know who this guest is yet. When are you going to let me know? Well, maybe you should listen to the. Maybe <laughs> maybe we should listen to the interview together. <laughs> Just play it out on the on the stream. Exactly uh, right. Okay. Well, that's exciting. You uh, and so, yes. So we so we've we've got an awful lot to get through. Okay. Uh, I fear that we're almost overrunning already. Let's get on with it. Let's get on with it. It's time for the news. Simon, uh, what have you found in the news this week? Well, Steve, I have found um, three stories, actually, all from videogameschronicle.com. Uh, first one, uh, written by Andy Robinson on the uh, a couple of days ago as we record this. Sony has made nine PlayStation 4 games available for free today, including acclaimed titles Res Infinite, Astrobot Rescue, sorry, Astrobot Rescue Mission, and Subnautica. The games, four of which are PSVR compatible, are being made available to PlayStation users as part of Sony's Play at Home initiative, a program designed to help people who are socially, socially distancing during the COVID-19 pandemic. They are Abzu, Enter the Gungeon, Res Infinite, Subnautica, The Witness, Astrobot Rescue Mission, Moss, Thumper, and Paper Beast. And in addition, uh, PS4 and PS5 owners can currently claim a free digital copy of Ratchet and Clank until March the 31st. Uh, that's pretty good, isn't it? It's fantastic news if you're a, a PlayStation owner. Um, yeah, and uh, some brilliant titles in there as well. Uh, personally, Thumper, one of my games of the last five years, like absolutely phenomenal game. I'm so glad that you're... more well, people are getting I... to play it. I bet you're you're regretting buying it now, aren't you? Could have got it for free if you waited. Uh, I think I bought that game on three different platforms and would happily buy it again because it's absolutely beautiful and brilliant and very, very, very good developers well, as well. That's an interesting question, isn't it? Because you do not need to be um, a PlayStation Plus subscriber to claim these games. Mm. Okay, so that's 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 really good. So I wonder if it would be possible for you to buy Thumper now, huh? I don't know. I also don't currently have a PlayStation, so there's no way of me finding out, uh, apart from to ask the listeners to try that out. Use the app. That's how I've uh, that's uh, how I've claimed them. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, so get them in the bag and never play them in future, <laughs> like we do with all these free games. Um, no, I think that's a brilliant initiative, and um, doubly so, given that these games are all, I think... Maybe with the exception of one that I'm not going to name. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had trouble, didn't I? I had trouble last time I commented on um, 
on, yeah. one, <laughs> on one of these. Well, we're all. You've, it's good because you've left the listeners guessing now. People, are, the, people are skipping back in the in the show, you know, rewinding, time rewinding. If you say, "What is that list of games?" I'm not sure. Well, you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, frankly, I'd be surprised if you like Thumper. Oh, I've bought it. <laughs> That's not um, the same thing. Yeah, I found it quite hard. It is hard. It is hard. Games are these days. When we come to the review section, I'm playing a ridiculously hard game. Um, yeah, so there we go. Well done, Sony. Um, and if you haven't claimed them yet, uh, you've got until April the 22nd to do so. So do it immediately after listening to the rest of this show. All right, bit of job news. Uh, Anthem director has departed Bioware. This is from Eurogamer. Uh, Bioware has been my home. Uh, home to my grateful heart for nearly 10 years, says Anthem director Jonathan Warner, who is leaving Bioware and moving on to do new things. That's a quote. After 10 years at the studio. Um, This is a new story because Anthem is one of the high-profile failures over the last few years, isn't it, Uh, it, Simon? It is. I don't know much about it, although I did buy it. I bought it for Dexter and... um... I, actually, I, I pre-ordered it in order to get access for the demo. He was incredibly excited about this game. Mm-hmm. Um, right from the initial reveal at whatever trade show it was. Um, yeah, he was super excited. Super excited. Uh, he got onto the demo, uh, loaded up the main game. I think he enjoyed it initially, but but has just moved on to other things. So, um, what what uh, in the spirit of the uh, the ongoing series of Simon explains games he's not sure about. Um, what yeah. do you know? What do you know about Anthem? Uh, it's Iron Man, isn't it? It's Iron Man, the game. Mm. You fly around in Iron Man suits. All I know about it is I read the, I don't say post-mortem, but it was a big feature, I think, on on a site, maybe it was Polygon or Kotaku, uh, about the failure uh, that came, uh, you know, a couple of months after launch. It was saying, Anthem's a disaster, here's why. Uh, and at that time, EA, uh, it's, it's EA, right? It is, yeah. EA were talking about uh, rebooting it, taking it off, uh, take, going off for a while and working out what they can do with it. But I know that in that piece it said, Anthem is all about the movement of the character around this space. So it is, as I understand it, it is um, one of that new generation of large-scale multiplayer shooters, right? And um, the differentiator here is how you move around the space. Is that correct? I'm going to say yes, Steve. Because neither of us know. No, no. Um, uh, nice, nice quote though. My grateful heart. Yeah, uh, and um, it's probably. I you can understand why if if you're the director of a uh, of a game like that that you do just want to move on, leave it behind you, and take the good memories with you uh, as as well as the bad. And like in my experience, just because a game is a commercial failure doesn't mean you personally regard it as a failure or uh, that you regret the time you spent on it uh, either. Um, so it's interesting and uh, looking forward to seeing what he is going to go on and do after this. Hades sweeps the 2021 BAFTA Games Awards with five wins, including top prize. The roguelike dungeon crawler from San Francisco-based independent developer Supergiant Games also won awards for artistic achievement, game design, narrative and performer in a supporting role for Logan Cunningham. Three games won two BAFTAs each. Animal Crossing New Horizons took home Game Beyond Entertainment and Multiplayer. Sackboy, A Big Adventure, was awarded British Game and Family. And The Last of Us Part 2 won animation and performer in a leading role for Laura Bailey as Abby. With a record number of votes cast, The Last of Us Part 2 also picked up the EE Game of the Year Award, which was the only prize to be voted for by the public. Did you watch the BAFTAs, Steve? Uh, I did not. Unfortunately, I was I was busy on uh, Thursday night celebrating our friend Jude's birthday. Um, but uh, would, did... would she not have liked to watch the BAFTAs for her birthday? I didn't ask, actually. Maybe I ruined yeah, but... the birthday. Sorry, Jude. Um, I did see this, though, and uh, very much agree that, that Hades is a standout title of the last year. I was surprised by a couple of the awards. I'm not surprised. I, I, you know, I have. <laughs> I want to say nuanced feelings about awards. I'm not entirely sure of the value of them sometimes, and um, 
you know, they, apart from the Games Media Award that year, the Games Media Award that year <laughs> was very important. I understand the value of that, <laughs> and that is kind of what I what I what I do think is good about wars. You know, they draw attention to to undervalued properties uh, and make the uh, make the people who develop that uh, feel good about themselves. Um, what I'm not sure is regarding them as a sort of measure of actual quality because ultimately every single award is decided decided in the same arbitrary way and and basically my feeling is that any award is only as valuable as the opinion of 10 random people on Steam and you don't want to judge your life by that kind of metric Um, what's going on though, sorry, what's going on with the name of that Animal Crossing award, what does that mean? Yeah, well, Game Beyond Entertainment. Yeah. What? I don't know. Um, yeah, there are... Uh, yeah, I've got no idea. Well, maybe we could um, we could derive what it means from looking at the other titles nominated and seeing what the, what the common thread is. <laughs> All right. Um, so it was up against, before I forget, mm-hmm. Dreams, mm-hmm. Last of Us Part 2, Spiritfarer, and Tell Me Why. Right, so Spiritfarer... Uh, Super uh, interesting and emotional game about death, right? Um, I don't know what Tell Me Why is. Life is Strange team. Right, okay. So, uh, yeah, all right. Um, What I'm interested in there is why is Last of Two a game beyond entertainment? What what does that mean? It's got loads, I don't know, it's got loads of killing in it, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, fine. I, I'm unconvinced by that category or the nominees, but I am convinced by the uh, by by Animal Crossing winning all the awards because I do love that game unconditionally. I was um, disappointed that Half Life Alex didn't win anything. I thought that was a great shame. It seems, and I was strange there isn't a VR category because VR hasn't gone away. It really hasn't. Um, no. Uh, you know, it's been—I think—it's been a really successful year for VR, and Alex is in a phenomenal piece of work. So, um, yep, surprised by that. And also, I raised an eyebrow that Fall Guys didn't win anything. Hmm. Very hey, what's strange. Going, what's going on there, BAFTA? Especially since uh, you know, prominent British developer as exactly. well. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Global Su- smash success story of the year, arguably. I would say. Uh, but they would point out that this is not a commercially driven awards. It's all about the artistic merit, um, in which case I would ask why Last of Us 2 won anything. <laughs> and I do that with an arched eyebrow, uh, you know, a pointed remark. Perhaps not entirely uh, in truth, but uh, but maybe. Who can tell? Who can, Who can tell? tell? <laughs> Certainly not BAFTA. All right, uh, I have another news story. Oh, no, I've lost the page. Simon, do you have another one? (laughs) I do. Uh, Also from Video Games Chronicle, um, LG has launched its own Animal Crossing Islands, and you can visit. Consumer electronics company LG has launched its own Dream Islands in Animal Crossing to promote its line of OLED televisions. There are two islands to visit, split into four different themes, cinema, gallery, gaming and sports. The first island focuses on LG's OLED TV sets themselves, whereas the second island focuses on the quality of light emitted by the televisions. We are the first consumer electronics brand to use this game software for marketing, stated LG in a press release. It is a virtual space where people can experience the appeal of our OLED TVs in a more fun way while exploring (laughs) the islands. Uh, And then it it then lists how you get there. Um, Interesting, eh? That, you know, um, you're promoting an OLED... TV on a non-OLED screen. What does any of that mean? Like, what? How are they promoting the brightness of an island uh, of a TV on know. an island? How does that work? But the um, but, but the screenshot shows two Animal Crossing characters uh, on an island with um, some with uh, a looks like a canal behind them. Although within the canal. Uh, it has the letters O L E D almost as mini sort of islands. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I guess the idea is that you look at that and then buy a television. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. And it's all very um, Second Life circa 2002, 
isn't it? Well, the thing is, right, It's so we've dignified it by including it in our very serious news stories. But back when I was doing PR, genuinely, what I would try and do is tie in uh, what I was working on with what I was interested in, in order so that I could get something for free. Yeah. Um, well, we used to do a lot of uh, giveaways or what have you. Mm. Uh, like that, that year I was big into camping. I mean, who, who wouldn't want... Um, a wind-up radio with a computer game uh, logo put on it. Who wouldn't want that? Or some sleeping bags <laughs> with a computer game logo on. So I, I'm imagining this is an LG employee who wanted a copy of Animal Crossing for free mm. or um, wanted to uh, claim his Switch on expenses. You know, um, I was funnily enough, I was talking about exactly this uh, with a friend of ours on the phone just before the show, who was uh, we were chatting about um, journalism, video game journalism, and how it works. And he was, he, you know, he was talking about ad spend and you know driving people to get in touch with certain. Why? Why are these? You know, why are these journalists always talking to these people, these companies in the games industry? Why are they all featuring these things? And I said pretty much exactly what you just said there, which is all these grand conspiracy theories about it being driven by the ad sales department and saying, listen, you've got to do something on Naughty Dog this week because we uh, we want them to pay for adverts on the site. That implies a cohesiveness, which in my, uh, my experience is not usually present at these organisations. The ad departments don't talk to editorial um, at all. That doesn't happen. Um, what actually happens is the journalists go, who do I want to talk to? Who's who's made my favourite game? Who am I really into? Or what game do I want a free copy of? Or where do I want to work in a year's time? <laughs> uh, which is why you often see fairly prominent games journalists moving on to positions at uh, prominent games companies who've been heavily featured in their publications oh, right did you find your new story i did uh um id at xbox um which i always want to say is id at xbox because after spending a certain amount of time in the games industry as you know someone who knows try- stuff when anyone pronounces the name of the game developer who made zoo uh, made doom you know yep. often people say ID, and you go, um, id. Actually. Actually. Fewer. Um, <laughs> but this is ID at Xbox, isn't it? Cause it stands getting, for independent developer. Yeah, they get in trouble if it was id at Xbox. Yeah. It's a completely different thing. Uh, they've paid game devs $2 billion in royalties. This is on karmasutra.com. Uh, during ID at Xbox's games show- showcase today, Chris Charler, once, of course, an SSG at least once on One Life Left, senior director, uh, senior director of Idea Xbox said the program has paid out over two billion dollars in royalties since its introduction in August 2013. Um, uh, Idea Xbox was established to bring independent developed games to Xbox platforms, and they've released apparently over two thousand games. Whoa, that's a lot of games. Well, then you can do a bit of maths, can't you? You can do. I was just doing that maths. How are you going to do it? Oh, I was doing slightly different maths, I think, actually. So what I was doing was going, oh, okay, if they paid out $2 billion to independent developers, how much have they made? Interesting. <laughs> so <laughs> I, was just, I was just doing the, you know, the naive $2 billion yeah. divided by 2,000. Yeah, that's a billion each. <laughs> as far as I understand it, like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sounds about right. So make a yeah. game for make a game for Xbox, and you'll become a billionaire. Uh, what exactly. does your maths work out as? It all depends on the royalty rates, Steve, which, uh, yeah. which I'm not certain. Uh, certain is public knowledge. Yeah. So, um, but I think well, the, an- the answer is everybody's happy. It certainly sounds that way, doesn't it? Did you watch any of the showcase? I did not. Did you? I did. We had two two games in it. We had um, a new video on the Ascent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also announced Lawn Mowing Simulator, which was uh, a topic of conversation at the party last night, Steve, wasn't it? It actually was. You were doing exceptional <laughs> PR during a Zoom call meant to celebrate our uh, friend's birthday. But it just, I didn't bring it up. 
you didn't, and it is unclear whether you paid anyone else to bring it up. <laughs> well, there, there was a games journalist on the call, wasn't there? Literally a YouTuber brought Riding it up. Riding a lawnmower. <laughs> Work never stops for them. those guys, does it? Like, as soon as know. the camera's on them, they're like, okay, what's yeah. my list of obligations? Yeah. Lawnmower simulator. Um, I don't want to feed into your self-promotion lawn mowing, here, but... Lawn mowing simulator. Lawn mowing simulator. Mower. This is no relation to the Jeff Minter game of the 19... 19- Hover bother. No, it's not. Okay. This is a super, super serious. Every blade counts, Steve, uh, with fully licensed lawn mowers. Uh, build up your lawn mowing empire uh, by mowing beautiful lawns within the British countryside. Right. Wish list now on Steam. And the ascent uh, is nothing to do with descenders. It's not. No. In fact, it's the. In fact, there are no bikes in the ascent. <laughs> but are there uh, when you get to the top? Do the two games pair up? Sadly, not. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. So, uh, but I, I, I watched, I watched a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did. It went on for a long, long time. I wasn't expecting it to be quite so lengthy, but uh, yeah, seemed to go well. Lots of games, awful lot of games. That is that feeds in with the news story. Probably about two thousand, all of which stand to make a billion, as we understand it, over the next uh, seven years, eight years. Fantastic. Any more news stories? That's it for the news, Steve. Okay. All right. Thanks, Simon. One Life Left Video Game News with Anne Scantleberry. to One Life Left. Uh, it's a bit of an unusual experience for us at the moment. We've been so used to recording just Steve and I from our respective locations that we've not had a third voice for ages. Uh, <laughs> delighted to say that's about to change. Uh, welcome Jay Shin from Arrogant Pixel. Jay, how are you? Hello, I'm fine. Um, I'm doing fantastic, thank you. Happy, uh, happy lockdown anniversary. Almost a full year. <laughs> <laughs> It's all of these, um, it's, it's kind of weird, all of these video calling, but I feel like I've definitely socialised like a lot more this year, even though I've not actually met a lot of people in person. So yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting experience for sure this last year. How about yourself? Oh, same. Uh, I just sit in a shed. I just sit in a shed. <laughs> and uh, yeah, start, clamped video calls. Uh, so before we get into that, so ch- just tell us a little bit about Arrogant Pixel. Sure. Um, we're just a small indie team from London. We were, we formed at university, basically, second year of unis when we all met and sort of started to make games. Um, myself and my partner, we've been making games for a long time, like 2000, uh, since we met in 2007. But this was like, at uni was where we found all of our artists and the team basically came together at uni and we've just been making games ever since. The last uh, two things that we we released were point and click adventures because, well, we wanted to make point and click adventures and we wanted to self-publish them and uh, we knew that we probably wouldn't get funding for it. So we thought we're going to use this opportunity to like try and get good and hopefully we've gotten good and we're just sort of trying to, um, we're kind of on the pitching circuit at the moment. That's sort of the, the in a nutshell sort of what Arrogant Pixel is doing at the moment. But yeah, we're just a team of eight people. We've been, we're just good friends and we just like making cool stuff together. Right. Yeah. So how's, how's lockdown changed things for you? Um, well, it's been, well, obviously it's changed quite a lot. I've, my team members I've met, well, I've seen them at least once a week for about six years 
and I haven't seen any of them in, in months. So obviously that's been very strange. But despite all of that, we've been working really well online. And um, genuinely, I feel like the times that I spend like developing games with those guys is like the happiest times of my week. So um, especially since you can't go out anywhere and can't do yeah. anything and things like that. So it's really felt like a bit of a lifeline for me, um, having those online communities and stuff. And what I've been doing as well is just getting involved in loads and loads of Discord groups. So that's also been a bit of a saving grace for me, honestly, just like um, logging into like different communities every single day. And um, it doesn't replace um, IRL contact for sure, but it certainly has been, you know, a good sort of uh, place for me, you know, yeah. to like socialize um, as an which, extrovert. Yeah. Which um, which which Discord groups would you recommend? Steve, Steve's got a secret Facebook account uh, group that he won't. Uh, secret games industry Facebook group that um that he, <laughs> that he that he that he won't tell me about. So maybe maybe you can help me socialize online. Yeah, I mean, there's. I really really love um, the Game Dev London Discord community. So they were formerly Game Dev Lunch. And they used to meet up IRL in King's Cross and that was really cool. But now they've got like thousands of members on Discord and they're really, really awesome. And I guested on a few of their podcasts as well. Um, but the one that is like probably closest to my heart is, um, the She Plays Games Discord, which is again, another podcast community, but it kind of celebrates women in the games industry. And that's been really helpful for me because there's not really too many of us and it's nice to, you know, I don't know, just to like hang out with other women in, in the yeah. games industry that we wouldn't have normally met. There's people from like Germany and, and like the Netherlands and people from the UK and the US. It's just the whole mix of cool people, really. Uh, but there's plenty of Discord communities for um, gamers and game industry people. Um, you just need to kind of reach out. Just a, a little Google search definitely will we'll throw up quite a few. Steve, Steve will get very grumpy with me if I don't mention the One Life Left Discord. Um, one Life Left one, of course. At, at yeah. this point, um, which I've been known to stick my head in now and again, uh, but uh, not not as often as, as I would like. So, yeah. so you're on the uh, pitching circuit at the moment. How's how's that changed during lockdown for you? I mean, is, is it is it mm. easier, harder? Well, the well, I was sort of sort of belly aching to my one of my colleagues the other day, just going like, I'm not getting a chance. Like, I'm so charming in person, you yes. know. Um, and I just feel like I'm just cold calling via email, basically. And that feels really bad because I feel like I'm not really introducing myself properly. And it's down to how well I express myself in this couple of paragraphs or something that I'm sending to people. Um but I'm, I don't know. I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you really because I've not really done like the in-person pitching, but I know that I, um, I know that I probably would have been able to get more stuff done. Right. In my opinion. Um, but I couldn't say really. Uh, this is our first game that we're trying to like put out there. So, um, this is the only pitching experience that we've oh, had. Okay. And, um, it's, um, it's just been very, very different to everything that I'm kind of used to. Um, talking to new people and trying to trying to get them interested in whatever we're trying to um trying to do has been a little bit of a struggle especially at the beginning such um, early stages of the project as well so um we just gotta keep trying keep going um and hoping that when the IRL events do come back that um maybe things get better but um, at the very least I, I would feel like I've been able to do uh, just being able to sort of get my point across and be able to like at least show my face to people, you know. Yeah, I so as, as someone who sits on the other side of, of the camera mm -hmm. and um, and uh, does a few of these events at the moment, what's tricky is that there isn't really much freedom for that personal expression, is it? Because often you are mm -hmm. you're working to a really rigid timeline. You know, some as short as fifteen minutes, and um, yeah, we're certainly missing that that opportunity to 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 to, to freestyle or to do stuff a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I found that I, that I have been able to um, <laughs> to go to countries I've never actually been to before. So I've been doing these online mm. events in Italy and Switzerland and and stuff sure. like that. Um, yeah. So from that point of view, I've seen that that actually the range of people I've been able to meet. But boy, I'm looking forward to going to uh, browsing an airport Dixons um, at some point <laughs> in the future. How I, how yeah. I've missed looking at headphones I neither want nor need. <laughs> yeah, of course, all the mediocre coffee that yeah, we're going to exactly. be drinking. Exactly, I'm going to embrace I miss it. all of that, yeah. Exactly. 
Now, you're also involved in um, a new UKEY initiative called Devices for All. Tell us about that. Um, well, I'm not involved in it, but it's something that is very close to my heart because I'm also a lecturer and educator. I um, teach at the University of West London and I also teach 16 to 19 year olds on the higher national diploma uh, for creative media production, which has got a pathway for games. So I'm the games person at the college. Um, and of course, they've been sort of doing a lot of um, well online learning over the past sort of year or so. And... The experience has been so varied and I, the thing that, the pattern that I'm seeing is that there's a bit of a digital divide. Um, people are talking about, um, well, people are not talking about digital poverty in the UK. Um, I wouldn't say that Kosh Shulton is uh, a, re- a particularly deprived area either, but it's the students that have the equipment versus don't have the equipment that are A, even able to participate in the webinars, for example. So let's take a household that has two laptops, but they've got four kids and they've got a parent working from home. It just doesn't work, you know? Um, so the online learning basically assumes that every child has a device that they're able to log on and even participate in the workshops. But not just that, but for games in particular, we can't have basic hardware to produce games. Um, at the moment, even the laptops that we have at the university that we, um, at the college that we are distributing to the students are not, um, powerful enough to run the software that we require them to, to run. So they're not able to do the coursework, but then they're not able to hand in. And it's all impacted by that. But the, the heartbreaking thing is that there's some students that don't even have broadband at home and they're using their parents like 4G plan to access the internet. So, like just to see the same student dipping in and out of lessons is like it's quite and I would say that it's like 50 50 as well there are some parents that have spent like seven or eight grand you know on a kid's you know computer setup and on the other hand there's students that have absolutely nothing Mm. and the problem with the let's say the way that let's even maybe the college um I don't know but it's just the way that the laptops are distributed is that the students with disabilities are put first so anybody with autism or or anything like that um, will get laptops but the students that are just poor won't get the help so that's that's the sort of issue that I'm finding is like not only is it like okay well there's lots of students without devices but the students that need the devices aren't getting the ones that are available um and it it concerns me. It does mm. concern me. And um, it's more about, I don't know, the value that people see in having a personal computer at a young age. And I know that when I got mine, I felt very powerful and I felt like I could do what I wanted to do. And that's when I made my first game as, as a child, when I was like maybe, oh, I don't know, 12 or 13 or something, loading up RPG Maker, like trying to do something. Um so yeah, like just just um, seeing that like day to day is quite has been quite hard, um, and just the knowledge that I can't really do much except try to talk to people and try to um, try and talk to people that could do something and could help. So what, um, so, what yeah. so what is the best way that people can can help? Well, I think that the the, the parents um, that are aware that this is an issue, um, they're already listening. That's what I mean. I was like, I'm more of the opinion that we need to approach parents that perhaps don't have the motivation to get um, their child's um, their child a computer that they can use, or even people that feel excluded a little bit digitally. Um, we need to find a way of reaching them, and of course, um, p- perhaps this radio show might reach more people. But but then again, people that that um, that listen to your radio show are probably quite invested and probably quite interested in games, and that's sort of where I'm trying to what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to maybe speak to the more mainstream press, try to make this a bigger story, um, just to, just in the hopes that people see the importance of young people having their own personal computers. I think that that's um, especially for um, people trying to get into tech, they need it. No, definitely. I think um, I think uh, raising awareness is, is absolutely crucial. And we will drop a link to Devices for All um, in the show notes uh, that people download with the 
with the podcast when it goes out. Uh, Jay, it's been great to see you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. How can we how can we follow your work? Oh, cool. Yeah. So you can follow us at Arrogant Pixel. We're on Twitter and all of that lot. And you can follow me as well. Um, it's JW Shin. And uh, I look forward to seeing many of you on there. So, yeah. we'll, we'll see you on the Discord as well, all right? Yeah, nice no, one. I will join, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, best of luck with the uh, pitching and, uh, and thanks once again for coming on the show. No problem, thank you so much for having me. Uh, so we didn't get any letters this week. I'm guessing, <laughs> pre- presumably, um, because we didn't do a show last we week. We didn't and, do and, uh, a show. Sorry about that. I was I was sick. I caught a cold uh, on on the Saturday uh, from my daughter, who you may have been able to hear in the background at the moment. As I said, right, uh, we said before we're doing our our shows uh, from well, Simon from a shed in Hitchin and me from my small apartment in South London, and it's bedtime. But apparently it isn't bedtime for my daughter. Confu- wow, right confused now. by the clocks. Um, yes, true. She uh, she gave me a cold and that kicked in on Monday. So I was basically unable to talk, which would have made for a very poor radio show. So thank you, listeners, for your patience. And apologies to our letter writers from last week that we didn't get to read out your letters last week. However, it's worked in our favour, hasn't it? Robert Wells writes, hello team, hello SSG question mark. How could you doubt us? Um, Happy first birthday, Animal Crossing New Horizons. With the recent update comes a rabbit hole I've been resisting for a long time. There's a crossover with Sanrio, but it seems that the only way to get to the Hello Kitty bed of my dreams is to buy special amiibo cards. I'm worried that once I've found these Sanrio amiibo, which are released next week into Target stores in America with no word of when and how to get them to the UK, I might fall into the trap of seeking out the cutest villagers on cards to bring them to my island. What sink of your time and money have you avoided by ignoring? What could you only resist so long? Pip, pip, Robert. So my answer to that uh, would be Monster Hunter, (laughs) which I assume you're going to talk about later in the show. Well, I don't feel qualified to because I've got absolutely <laughs> no idea what is happening in it at all. And on the internet, people are saying, oh, just ignore all the tutorials. And I'm like, what, what, why? You get presented with so much text, like within the first five minutes, that I've got, how am I supposed to remember any of this? Anyway. Oh, uh, my goodness. No. Um, so that, that would be my first answer. My second answer, maybe it's not really an answer, but it's very, very relevant to Robert's letter, is when I started playing Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons, I was hoping for one villager, and that was my favourite villager from uh, the GameCube version, Crocodile Called Boots. Uh, and Boots did not show up on my island, and that's understandable. You know, the odds on that were long, but I kept playing it, kept waiting for new villagers to arrive and uh he never did so i bought i bought the card i imported boots uh scanned him in and dropped him into my island and then have literally played it once or twice since <laughs> that point i think because for me that almost felt like completing the game i i had the resident i wanted on the island there was no need to actually talk to him or see him he was there now i've collected him imprisoned him on this now one assumes overgrown island so i will not be getting into the uh, sanrio cards because i've sort of learnt my lesson that purchasing these things uh, to have them in your space is no joy at all how much did you pay for boots i think it was about a fiver okay i um i mean i, I didn't wait a long time for this but i i had put off buying synth riders um, really just because i couldn't see uh, what it? What I mean, I know that you've raved about it, but mm. you know these these sort of VR music games where you we go down effectively a tunnel. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what 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 more it could bring to the genre mm. um, apart from Muse DLC. <laughs> so I bought that. I bought the game and the Muse DLC at the weekend, and I have to say, I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and I regret not having it, not having had it in my face as soon as it possibly could have done. It's great, isn't it? Are you on Steam or on? Um... 
on quest on quest Quest. okay um yeah it's it's fantastic it is i would say to anyone who's thinking oh i've already got uh beat saber and it's you know it's basically the same thing it really isn't the same thing i don't get on very well with 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 uh beat saber but i love synth riders i think it's exceptional very much looking forward to playing the dlc that they've just dropped uh which is some offspring I did note you've, that you'd not set any high scores for the Muse tracks, Steve. I'm, I'm guessing that's that's a, that's an internet error, a connection <laughs> error or something, is it? I, I literally haven't played them, uh, but I will, Simon. Knowing that you're on there now, I will play them and beat your high score. What what difficulty mode are you playing on? Oh, well, so I just jumped straight in. It was the first time I played the game. I went straight in with algorithm. I've done easy, medium and hard. Right, okay. Not None uh, particularly well. All right. Uh, do you have any answers to Robert's uh, other answers, or is that are we done? Should we move on to Chris's That's, letter? Let's move on to Chris's All right. letter. Thank you, Robert. Chris writes, "Dear team, a while back, in before times, I responded to an advert on Twitter looking for people to talk about their memories of the ZX Spectrum in a documentary to be released next year, celebrating the 40th anniversary of the Little Wonder." As well as spending a happy afternoon trading memories of dodgy tape loading processes and tribal loyalty with other oldies, it also connected me to some of the work that people were doing on the platform four decades after it came out, and some 14 or so years after the last big commercial release. Games like 2020's Near Detail take inspirations from early 80s classics Tir Nog and Dundarak and squeeze everything they can from 8-bit, while the Oliver Twins released their first Spectrum Dizzy game for 26 years in December, and with plenty of indie developers relishing the challenge of working to the platform's limitations and updated hardware like the ZX Spectrum Next, there's plenty of fresh content for those who are interested. Letters. Are there any games from your early years that you'd like to see make a comeback within the capabilities of the original hardware? I recently played Julian Gollop's Chaos Reborn, and while I appreciated the updates brought to the game on the PC, I did have a hankering for the simplicity and faster pace of the 1985 original, so that would get my vote if Mr. Gollop is listening. Your colour clashing correspondent, Chris Conroy. Mine would be an old Commodore 64 air traffic control game called Kennedy Approach, (laughs) which had um, very, very simple uh, synthesized voice um, as the air traffic control. And basically it was uh, the predecessor to um, flight control, which did very well Mm. when it was brought to touch devices. Um, many, many, many years later, but similar similar type of game. Uh, you would have to uh, instruct planes how how to land various airports and stuff. And uh, yeah, fantastic game that that was been um, uh, that I think flight flight control offered um, a glimpse of that uh, panic. But uh, but actually wrestling with the uh, the joystick and. Uh, Feeding your, your, your input that way somehow added to the chaos. So uh, bring that back, I'd say. Uh, perfect. I think Chris has nailed it there about the simplicity. That's kind of what I miss in some of the things that have been built on generation after generation since the 8-bit era. And the game that always comes to mind when I think of that is Football Manager, which I would really like to play. And pretty much every couple of years I download it and think this is going to be the year. Uh, but even the mobile version, which is a simplified version of the desktop version, is too much for me. There are too many choices, and I find it completely overwhelming. Uh, I really, really want a super, super simple 8-bit style football management game. Um, so yeah, I'd love to see a follow-up, maybe to Kevin Tom's uh, football manager. He's still putting that out, isn't he? Still see mobile ads for that on um, on Facebook, I think. Really targeted at people of a certain a age you, group. Exactly. Who are into nerd things, so... Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll download that. Great, thank you very much for your letters last week, Robert and Chris. Uh, please do keep them coming, um, particularly as we're not sure if we've got a show next week. So, uh, do email team at onelifeleft dot com.
are back. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. There's probably some music going on in the background, or maybe it's just finished. Either way, Simon has been responsible for curating it this week. Where are you going for that, Simon? Uh, Spotify. That's where I've gone now. I've noticed that the um, the volume of title of music being uploaded on chip music uh, has dwindled, so I'm going to let it catch up for a bit whilst we pop back to the, uh, to the Commodore 64 era. Uh, we dropped Crazy Comets into the last one, and I think this week it will be Commando and maybe Zoids. If you want to find out whether Simon's right or not, you can go to our website, www.onelifeleft.com. That's where we put the show notes and where our undercaretaker, Phil, kindly uploads the show every week. We are a radio show, but we are also a podcast. Uh, so like and subscribe. We've also got a Discord. Join the Discord. It's all going off in there every week. There's at least three or four messages. Uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, we should get on with the reviews, shouldn't we, Simon? We should. Right, Simon, what have you been playing this week? I've been playing quite a lot, actually. Uh, I'll come back to Monster Hunter. Like I say, I am entirely baffled by it. Um, so, two Switch games I've been playing. The first is Neo Geo Pocket Color Selection Volume 1. So, uh, this is a collection of 10 Neo Geo Pocket Color games into one downloadable package. Um highlight of which is uh what's known as a big tournament golf um but i believe we called it turf masters ah. so i um so i've got some history with the neo geo pocket color uh, i w- played part of the pr marketing team when it launched in europe over here so i've got very very fond memories of these games and of and course delighted to- so do i because you sent me my neo geo I did pocket send you one. color yep, and, yep. and you know kickstarted my obsession with it and now how much we've moved on since. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, um, yeah, Turf Masters is a game like Mario 64 that whenever I'm able to emulate something, I do try Turf Masters. And I've always felt um, that it hasn't, uh, whatever uh, new device I've been playing it on, hasn't uh, quite uh, ran as nicely as I would like. And so uh, it's great to see an official version of it that I'm able to play at the moment. Um so that's good. Uh, they've got a load of others. So these, um, probably the, the, the other highlights are Metal Slug 1 and 2. Um, there are some fighting games. Um, Samurai Showdown. Uh, you can see where that's come from. Uh, SNK versus Capcom, the match of the millennium. Uh, all faithfully re- recreated. There aren't many bells and whistles, uh, but there are 10 games. Mm. And uh, How so, much yeah, was it this? Uh, it's £30, I think. Um, and so £3 a pop, Steve. Laughing, um, yeah, but uh, Turf Master's the highlight, and so I can recommend it if you uh, if you enjoyed the handheld when it was originally launched. But the other thing I like about it is that it's called Volume One, and that implies the existence of further volumes. And I'm hoping that SNK versus Capcom Card Fighters Clash comes in a subsequent collection. Seven out of ten. That was going to be my question to you. So uh, mm. that is, of course, the standout title on that hardware. Um, right, I am. I've got a load of games to talk about, uh, but we don't have much time left. How long? How many minutes do you reckon we've got? I think you've got four minutes. Okay, so I got a new PC. Oh, great! Uh, and you know what's got inside it? An RTX card. Yeah, RTX three zero eight zero. No. So, um, so I'm not playing games, just mining Bitcoin. Now, so right. I, I don't do wow. that. I don't do that. Um, I played Quake 2 because uh, people were like, oh, yeah, I was like immediately straight into Google, what game for ray tracing Reddit? I don't want to ray trace Reddit, it's just usually Reddit has a very strong opinion. And, uh, Reddit had an opinion, and that was Quake 2. You can see all the rays, like, that's what you should do. Either Quake 2 or Minecraft. So I um, went straight for Quake 2, played it. Looked like Quake 2 to me. Now, (laughs) what I assume is happening there is it looked like Quake 2 as I remember it in my head, which is probably not what Quake 2 actually looked like at the time. Everyone's like, oh yeah, the explosions are great. The lighting is incredible. Honestly, I genuinely couldn't really tell. Um... 
The second game I installed was Flight Simulator, which didn't run on my other PC. Uh, no. It does run on this. Uh, flew over, did what everyone presumably does, immediately fl- tried to fly over my house. My house wasn't there. So Microsoft have used AI to reconstruct the uh, the world from, I, I guess, uh, you know, the overhead maps they've got, and then it sort of uses AI and goes, that building looks a bit like this, I'm going to build it out like this. Didn't look anything like my house. Indeed, then flew up the road to the cricket ground, to the oval, and it was just, <laughs> it was just a circle of dusty grass. Uh, surrounded by some <laughs> buildings that looked like they were falling down. So you're not super impressed. I mean, the game is incredible uh, if you like flying around everywhere, which I don't really, so 7 out of 10. Uh, the game I want to talk about, uh, I've also gone back to Stardew Valley for a pitch I'm doing at the moment, and <laughs> uh, I can't stop playing that, 7 out of 10. Um, very, very good use of my new PC. As is uh, the game that I really want to talk about, which is a indie game that I found on Steam trailers in six seconds, as I find most of my indie games. Um, it's called Landlord of the Woods, and it is the follow-up to a game that I'm sure I talked about on the radio show about 18 months ago, uh, which is an independent creation by one dev, um, and uh, I think the dev's studio name is Meatball Palm Games. And uh, that was called Whimsy. It was free on Steam, and I fell in love with it. Super, super simple. Uh, very, very small puzzles that lead you through this beautiful world. Very, very distinctive art style. Anyway, I was just kicking around on Steam. Uh, sorry, kicking around on Twitter the other day, and that trailer for the new game just dropped, and I instinctively recognised it as their new game. Played it and absolutely love it. Uh, it's about an hour long. It is really thoughtfully put together. Um, It is not challenging, Simon, so those of us who might struggle with Monster Hunter will not struggle with this, but it is interesting for every moment and interesting in dozens of different ways, not least the narrative, which, as uh, people will know from previous shows, is something that I often get hung up on. Here it is sparsely told and really, really well delivered, and not a moment is wasted. Uh, either in the delivery of the story or of the player's time. Uh, I loved it from beginning to end, and it's super, super cheap. I can't recommend it highly enough. 7 out of 10. Perfectly timed, Steve. Well done. Thank You're you. You're getting good at this. You're oh. getting good at this. Another 15 years, <laughs> yeah. we'll have it nailed. We will do. Oh, Simon, I'm really, really looking forward to show this show back. Looking forward to hearing the interview as well. I'm looking forward to next uh, time as well, hopefully next week. Hopefully next week. If not, the next show should be a biggie. Mm. Although I have noticed that he's doing the rounds on, every, <laughs> on, on literally everything at the moment. But Perfect. it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, you have some special insight that those other shows won't be able to offer. Exactly. All right. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening today. Um, please do keep listening to Resonance 104.4 FM, the greatest radio station in the world. But we will see you, if not next week, then the week after, but soon anyway. Thank you and thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.